Hello and welcome. This is Self-Control, How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you want to live, the life that you deserve to live. This podcast offers tools that you can add to your self-development and mental health toolkits, thought processes, behaviors, mindset shifts, ways of thinking, things that you can take with you on the journey to becoming who you are. Today's episode, we're picking up where we left off. This is the three-step process to end negative thinking, to quit bad habits, and to improve in any area of your life that you feel you can do better. And this is part three, the final step, apply mindfulness to your living. You've begun to cultivate awareness in your life. You've begun that discussion with yourself through record keeping. Now is the time to take the final step. If you're ready to begin the work of living a life without anchors, without numbing, without distractions, if you're ready to find out who you can truly be, who you're becoming, let's go. So if you've been following along, and and thank you to those who have been following along, you'll know that this is kind of a series of episodes. This will be the final one in the series. It's been a three-step process to end negative thinking, to end bad habits, or to improve in any corner, any area of your life where you feel like you deserve better or you can do better. If you want a breakdown on the full process, definitely check out the episode from May 12th. And then uh, step one, we discussed on May 14th. And step two, we discussed on May 19th. So just as a refresher, you'll remember that step one is to cultivate awareness in your life, to begin to just see what's going on uh, more often than not. Step number two was to begin record keeping. And in that way, begin a discussion with yourself about what you're doing and what you're thinking. And now we come to step three, which naturally follows from the first two, apply mindfulness to your living. So in this episode, I'll briefly walk through what I mean by mindfulness, how I think you and I can use mindfulness uh, to build a better life. I'll discuss how mindfulness naturally follows as the third step in this process. And most importantly, we're going to talk about how this will work for you and what you need to do or what you can do to use mindfulness to improve your life. Uh, To do that, I'm going to continue to use uh, my personal life experience, my journey, let's say, with nutrition to illuminate the different angles or the the different steps along the way. So mindfulness, I think, means a lot of things to a lot of people. And I'm not interested necessarily in anyone else's definition of mindfulness, but my own. And I would say anyone's definition of mindfulness could be valid. But let's talk about how I'm going to use mindfulness uh, going forward in my life and how you're going to use it uh, in your life should you choose to uh, listen to what I have to say. I think mindfulness for me... I break it down into three simple ways of looking at life. Number one, thinking and acting in unison. Number two, focusing on the task at hand. And number three, practicing self-control as often as possible. And in fact, those three steps should be practiced as often as possible. That's the idea of mindfulness, is a a present attending to our life in the moment uh, as often as we can. And I, I do believe that that way of looking at life mindfully using mindfulness necessarily flows from the first two steps we talked about. If you've been patiently seeking awareness in your life, examining what's going on in your life, beginning a discussion about what you've been up to with your life, the next step then, if you truly want to improve, if you want to continue becoming who you can be, the best version of yourself, if you like, getting closer to God, however you want to look at it, an improvement, a place where you feel 
more pride in the life that you live, mindfulness then becomes that next step. You know, for me, when it comes to nutrition, I really wasn't thinking and acting in unison. You know, I had goals. I wanted to lose body fat, continue to build muscle, uh, to have a lot of energy, you know, to have that six pack uh, abs someday. Those are my thoughts. But I wasn't actually eating in a way that was conducive to that. I wasn't eating in a way that was going to allow that. I thought that long intermittent fasting, using coffee, and then a big meal later in the day was going to get me there. I thought I could, by not eating, uh, get myself to the body and the energy levels that I wanted. When in truth, um, that's proved not to be the case for me. And of course, everyone's nutrition is different. But let's simply say that the way I was thinking about what I wanted, the way I was thinking about outcomes related to food and nutrition, and the way I was acting were two totally different things. And so because I was always thinking about those goals and how I didn't seem to be achieving them, and as a fairly self-centered and self-absorbed person, although I can say, what would you rather be centered around or absorbed in if not yourself? I did over time begin to have that awareness that, look, what I'm doing is just not getting me to where I want to be. Coffee as a meal replacement, coffee as an appetite suppressant is compromising my sleep, which compromises digestion and fat loss. I was eating too infrequently large meals at the end of the day. And likely my macros were all out of whack, meaning could have been too much protein on one day, not enough protein another day, too many or too little carbohydrates, and probably never enough fat. So we can see how mindfulness then arises out of awareness. We become aware of where we are, the results that we're getting, and we're forced to act in a way that will get us there, not the autopilot way we think is getting us there. So I then had to go into some outside research to look at, well, what does it mean then to eat for the body I want, the energy I want, the results that I want? And and that I think is the same for you. You know, when you become aware of that misalignment between thought and action and you need to uh, change how you're thinking or change how you're acting, you can't be afraid of some trial and error or some outside advice. But most importantly, you need to then begin that record keeping process, that journaling. And I find that really very empowering. If you've become aware of a problem in your life, you've become aware of an area in your life where you know you can do better. No one, and certainly not me, nor you, should expect yourself to change immediately. You know, it doesn't mean that you just start flailing again and change for the sake of change, right? You don't go drop 300 bucks on a bunch of health food or go buy a used treadmill or or light all your weed on fire in the backyard. You need to just simply begin to become aware of what it is that you're up to. I really believe this. So often, if there's a divorce between our thoughts and our actions, and we're not having that honest appraisal of what we're up to, we just are acting on autopilot, doing the same old things. And in that sense, when we get when we get the belief that we need to change or that we need to we need to at least make this improvement, suddenly now we just we start flailing and it's more unstructured, unmindful, unthought out action just to start feeling like something is going to happen down the road. That's simply not the case. In that moment, if you decide to get your hands around a bad habit or negative thinking or procrastination, whatever it is, don't just seek to change for change's sake. Just begin to honestly appraise how often it's happening, what you're thinking and doing day to day. And again, You can go back and listen to the episode where I talk about how to effectively use record keeping and journaling. But to me, that's the next step. It's not that you can act and change now, 
but simply you can start the process of honestly appraising what it is that's going on. So let's remember that second tenet of mindfulness, focus on the task at hand. And remember, you can only do what you can do today. If you're looking to improve upon a bad habit, improve on some area of your life that requires help, you know, maybe you want to begin uh, an important conversation with a family member, you want to paint the fence, mow the lawn, take more care of your property. It's very tempting to just start. And I, I can't tell you not to just start, but are you going to finish if you start like that? It may be, it may be that we need to begin that discussion with ourselves and look inward and say, well, why has it gotten to this point? How have I let it get to this point? What am I doing and thinking day to day that's allowed this? We need to inform the process going forward by what we've been up to in the past. Because when you begin this focusing on the immediate, focusing on the task at hand, it drives further awareness. It's not simply shame and forgetting or punishing yourself with more unthought out actions. It's coming to the moment and deciding that your actions need to lead you to the outcome that you want. In this way, record keeping, speaking with yourself, seeking to be aware, it drives further awareness. It will eventually snap you out of those old patterns. You'll say, oh shit, there I go again, raiding my girlfriend's underwear drawer for chocolate. And for what? I've already eaten. Why, why am I doing this? Why am I going down the hall into the bedroom like this? Come to the moment, right? Bring those thoughts and actions into unison. You know, because you'll become awful sick of having to sit down and write, I went hunting for chocolate in the underwear drawer again, or I went out after dinner to the corner store and bought a tub of ice cream. And for me, because I'm now tracking everything I eat on a spreadsheet, I don't want to see that crap on the spreadsheet. I don't want to see that excess calories, excess sugar. I just don't want to do it. So by having that discussion with, your, with yourself, by being forced to sort of observe your life, that drives awareness in the moment. When you have to reckon with all that you're doing, it snaps you out of autopilot. And hopefully, as I found it for me, and I believe will be the case for you, better decisions get made in the moment rather than just on autopilot, what's going to feel good or, or what's been done in the past. And you know, some people would say that mindfulness isn't based on an outcome. It's just a present unattachedness to any moment. And I would say that's, that's fine. That's all well and good. However, you choose to look at mindfulness. I'm trying to use mindfulness in a way that's going to allow us to improve our lives to, to, to get to where we would like to be, to get to where we feel we deserve to be. But on the other hand, perhaps that's it. That present unattachedness to the moment, that's where your better life begins. That's where your better life is. You know, the more mindful I am, thinking and acting in unison, focusing on the present moment, on the task at hand, aware of what I'm doing, asking myself, is this leading me to where I want to be in the moment? The more of that that's going on for me, the better my life is. Your better life happens in the present not on autopilot, not in thoughtless consumption or, you know, raking yourself over the coals for your, your height, your weight, your hairline, your divorce, your children, not in things that can't change in an, that you can't change in an instant. That better life, that ever improving life, that string of mindful moments, this life of yours, it projects endlessly so long as you let it without focusing so much on the projection. Let's finish with self-control then. It truly is the crux of this show. It's the foundation of everything. You know the issue. 
You understand now how your thoughts and actions are misaligned. You're going to now come to the moment. You're going to have that discussion with yourself and therefore be more willing to come to the moment, to act in accordance with what you want in the moment. You know, you're, you're tracking what you're up to. You're more aware of what you're up to. And of course, that constant observation of your life, that tracking of your life will lead you to find those, those trends in your life, those triggers. And you'll be more able to anticipate where you're going to slip up, where you glide into autopilot and just start hunting for cigarettes, chocolate, candy, pornography, marijuana, whatever. When you slide into those old habits of negative thoughts, of self-deprecating, self-hate, when you recede in and choose to be antisocial, or when you choose to procrastinate yet again, the more time you can spend in the present and the more time you can spend observing yourself when the time is right, the more often you can catch yourself and stop yourself from sliding into autopilot. When it's self-soothing, when it's numbing, when it's distracting, when it's pain-killing, when that's what you seek, it becomes very, very evident the more you're forced to reckon with it. And of course, those things lead you away from truly living. They lead you away from the present. So you have to ask yourself, well then, am I in control? And if the answer is no, you have to then ask, well, who is? If you're not in control of yourself, in control of your life, somebody else may be, or perhaps nobody is. So I applied the self-control. I actually applied this entire three-step process to my life to quit drinking coffee. I became aware that it wasn't getting me where I wanted to go, right? It was playing havoc on my nervous system, on my anxiety. It wasn't helping my nutrition. It wasn't helping my sleep. So I applied this process and was able to quit coffee. And I have to tell you, Quitting coffee led to a time of great constipation and irregularity. It forced me then to rethink how I ate. My metabolism, my digestive system was all screwed up without coffee. I was using it, frankly, as a laxative for too long. So from there, I realized, obviously, I need to break my eating up into smaller meals. I need to really be diligent about how many calories do I truly need. And what I found is that I was way, way overeating on a calorie level. How much protein do I need? How much fat do I need? All this came through the desire to be aware, through the desire to see what was going on, and the courage, I suppose, to go forward and find a way that worked for me. It all stemmed from self-control because, of course, I didn't want to stop eating as much as I was. I loved eating. Of course, I didn't want to stop drinking coffee. I love coffee. But here's the thing. That better life, that pleasure of freedom that pleasure of not being weighted down, of not being numbed, of being distracted, the pleasure of actually living a life inside a physical body is infinitely greater than the pleasure of food, coffee, porn, sex, marijuana, whatever that may be. Self-control is our gateway to a better life. And so that's my hope for you, is that you can take these tenets and put them to work in your life. You can begin to, through awareness, see how your thoughts and actions may be misaligned, how you may be wanting one thing and acting the complete opposite, or perhaps you're not even aware of how your actions are driving the changes in your thoughts. I want you then to begin that discussion with yourself through record keeping, through journaling. What are you up to? What are you thinking? How close are you to what you want? Is what you want even reasonable? What would it look like to get where you're, to get where you want to go? And what is it going to look like if you keep acting the way you are? And then that's where that mindfulness begins to creep in. 
You have outcomes that you want. You have objectives that you want. You have a better life in the present moment. So come to the present more often than not. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Seek first to understand. Seek first to become aware. Start a discussion with yourself. Honestly appraise yourself. Observe yourself. And then spend the time with yourself in the moment. Not thinking about what could be all the time. Not going to a place of um, mindless consumption or negative thought. But you have to want it. You have to want it. But you have to also be willing to put in a little bit of self-control. What an empowering thing, right? No one's telling you to change, right? No one's telling you to do anything that you can't do here. It's simply just to control the self that you've been given. And I, I think you'll find once you take a little bit of self-control, you could very easily pilot yourself, get out of autopilot, and pilot yourself uh, through that better life. And that better life happens in the moment, no doubt. I want to thank you for listening to this three-part series, four-part series, really. And I hope that it has helped you. Uh, we're going to move on from here to some other things. This was a big one for me. It took a lot of mental horsepower to get this out. Of course, please get in touch if you'd like to through Facebook. I'll add a link in the show notes to get in touch with me. Drop me a message on Messenger. Would love to hear how this is working for you. And onward and upward, all the best to you. And until we speak again, please remember that better is possible. <laughs>